the Roman Martyrology for the 7th day of April. At Rouen, the birthday of St. John Baptiste de La Salle, priest and confessor. He was prominent in the education of youth, especially those who were poor, for which he was acclaimed both by religious and civil society. He was the founder of the Society of the Brothers of the Christian Schools. His feast is celebrated on the 15th of May. In Africa, the birthday of the holy martyrs Epiphanius, a bishop Donatus Rufinus, and thirteen others. At Alexandria, St. Peleusius, priest and martyr. At Sinope in Pontus, two hundred holy martyrs. In Cilicia, under the prefect Maximian, St. Calliopius, martyr. After undergoing other torments, he was fastened to a cross with his head downward and thus gained the noble crown of martyrdom. At Nicomedia, St. Syriacus and ten other martyrs. At Verona, St. Saturninus, bishop and confessor. At Rome, St. Hegesippus, who lived close to the time of the apostles. He came to Rome while Anicetus was pope and remained until the time of Eleutherius. He wrote a history of the church from the passion of our Lord to his own time in a simple style, to make clear the character of those whose life he imitated. In Syria, in the time of Valens, St. Ephrates, an anchoret, who defended the Catholic faith against the Arians by the power of miracles. And in other places, many other holy martyrs, confessors, and virgins. Thanks be to God. Hello, and welcome to the St. Peter and Vola podcast. I am Father Nathan. And with me today is a man whom I've known for a number of years now, and uh, we've we've been on we've walked a lot of miles. For one, he's a jovial character. He comes from a family, part of Saint Peter and Polo, and his name is Nicholas Sigurniak. Hello, podcast. <laughs> podcast says hi. Uh, so yeah, so Nick is here uh, at St. Peter and Volo on this stormy night, uh, Tuesday night, April 7th, in the midst of Holy Week. Nick, tell the people what they want to know. How long have you been coming to St. Peter's? I've been coming to St. Peter's since, I think, when was it? It was, we've been coming off and on for longer than we've been like members but yeah i remember the first time i came i was 13 and that was when i first saw all of the friends i know now mm-hmm. and that was really weird because i didn't know them then <laughs> but then we were the end of my freshman year was when we became members here and that's when i started meeting everyone and that's where all the people i hang out with are from they're all from here mm-hmm. were you homeschooled I was homeschooled. I, although I've told some people and they said it wasn't real homeschooling because I was in co-ops and went to classes with other kids from St. Peter's, but yeah, I was homeschooled. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of the homeschool life for sure is, is the co-ops and all the things that uh, bring you, uh, bring you to, to hang out with other people. A lot of people say about homeschoolers, people who don't really know homeschoolers, that that homeschoolers are not well socialized. Would you say that's true? 
Yes and no. Okay. Sometimes, uh, I think sometimes kids are just more shy. And so they, it's good because they use the homeschooling and they don't have to get out there as quick and just like meet everybody. Then you have some other people who I think I was kind of one of the other people who just tried to talk to everyone I could. And, but I think it's good for both people. It's not like what, it's not like what some people thought because I'm going to CLC now and I was talking to a group of people and when they found out I was homeschooled, they're like, oh, you're not that weird. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it, 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 it's good for both things. It's good both ways. People can just, it, you just take your time on how you want to expand in school and with meeting people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you say, so did you homeschool for your whole school career? No. I was pulled out in fifth grade, yeah, the end of fifth grade. So I finished fifth grade and then I was pulled out sixth grade, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's when I started homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so you have a sister and a brother? I do. Alex and Juliet. Alex and Juliet. Uh, and uh, I hope they're doing well. I think that they're doing pretty good. Are you guys fighting more during this time? Actually, no. We used to fight a lot, but we don't really fight now. Mm-hmm. My brother and I will work out together in the mornings. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm not too sure what Juliet does all the time. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in a different girl world, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm just basing on growing up in my family, we always fought uh, generally just all the time. And uh, we never, I didn't really work out with my brothers. So that's, that's really cool. So what a great thing to do. Yeah, Alex and I, Julie, Alex and I are fine, but Juliet's probably a little fed up with us because we've been harassing her a little bit. (laughs) Right. I mean, it it makes sense when you're, everyone's cooped up together in the same house and uh, people haven't had this experience uh, for a long time, if ever. And then all of a sudden you're close to all of your family uh, and so there's a lot of things to work out in this time. Do you think you've grown closer to your family in this time? I don't think during this time. I th- I have grown closer to them over the past, like, eight months, though. But mm-hmm. it wasn't because of the quarantine. But it was in good timing because we would have been fighting a lot more if that didn't <laughs> happen eight months ago. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, well, I... I, I love your family, and the, and uh, it's always great to see them, uh, and I miss them, and you'll have to say hello to them. Um, but let me ask you about uh, your spiritual journey, right? Um, you were baptized as an infant? Yeah, I was baptized. I've been Catholic my whole life. My mom baptized me, I think, like a week or something after I was born. I'm not sure. Okay. But it was close. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and how has God worked in your life? Tell us the story. So we were actually going to St. Pius V Shrine for still most of my life. And we, it was interesting. The people there were nice. They, uh, they were really nice. But it, it was just weird because there was no, I didn't understand what the Pope was. And I didn't understand what bishops were. I didn't really get any of that. I was very confused. So then when we came here and I started going to the youth groups and stuff, that's when it was kind of like a slap. And I was like, oh, there, there's more, there's more uh, to 
the uh, the church on the diocese. There's mm-hmm. more to that than I once thought. So just for people who maybe don't know that, like the Pius, Pius V Shrine is an independent chapel, right? Yeah. So are there any other differences between uh, that shrine and St. Peter's? One really, really big one was the building itself. Mm -hmm. I remember coming to St. Peter's when I was 13. I was like, whoa, this is so big. I thought it was huge. And then I saw Cantius and I was like, whoa, (laughs) St. Peter's is like, St. Peter's is actually one of the smaller churches. Right. And at St. Pius, they actually converted it from, I believe, an old Protestant church and they converted it. So the sacristine, how it's in the back at St. Peter's and like most churches, it was in a room when you first walked in to the church there. And it was just, it was different. And so it looks like, it looks like a house. Mm-hmm. It looks like a house on side with pews. And the altar is, and the altar is beautiful. It's an altar of God, but it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't look exactly like a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, well, the altar does, but it's just the building itself isn't sure. formatted like the architecture that right. the church here has. Yeah. So the arch and that's interesting because uh, I mean churches are they should be I should say they should be built uh, to communicate a truth. They have theology. They express a theology, right? When you go into a church, you walk in St. Peter's and um, any well-built Catholic church, you see the tabernacle. Every all the lines point to the center and to the front where our Lord is present, and it. And it says that this place is built for God, God who is there present in the tabernacle, which ideally is gold, something that draws your mind there. And at the same time, as St. Augustine um, says that churches should have three elements. One, permanence, right? Uh, They should have a feel of permanence. St. Peter's is made out of brick, so, you know, it's something like that um it has should have verticality right because when you're in a room with a tall ceiling uh, especially in a church which is built as an arch a pointed arch in the gothic style it raises it raises your eyes upward right and and it gives you a sense of upward movement Um, this is the same for all the all of the churches all the different styles uh, that are legitimate and and then the other one is iconography, that there should be a portrayal of Christ. Uh, the crucifix, obviously, should be front and center. And then and then the images of saints should surround. Um, so St. Peter's does that. Even in, it is small compared to most other parishes in the, uh, in the Archdiocese of Chicago and in, around the country. Yeah, so that's, but that's interesting that, it really does. It does attract our eyes. It it does give us a sense of this. Uh, I mean, it, it expresses the character of worship. Now, of course, the chapel uh, there. I'm sure they would love to have a architecture that expresses the faith more perfectly. So we're not holding ourselves over them in that regard. Uh, um, we. Uh, in fact, we pray for them, right? And we pray for the unity of the church, um, for all of those. You know, they do have uh, the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of the Eucharist. Uh, 
is is authentic is is the sacrament i'm sure they're they're priest i don't know who their priest is i believe now ministered by Pius the 10th uh, would mean that their their priests have apostolic succession and um so their sacraments are valid and, but yet the what is missing is this is a is that separation we are connected visibly to the mystical body of christ by three things by sacraments by the faith the teachings of the church and by governance, right? And so, um, the Catholic Church has all of those three things. Now, some will have some valid sacraments, like the Protestants will have a valid baptism and valid marriage, but yet the they won't have other valid sacraments um, because they don't have that apostolic succession. We have the one true faith, which is guarded by the Holy Spirit through the magisterium. But many are separated from the truth in some regard. They'll have some, um, some misguided notions, like some Protestants will say that uh, we'll only have Scripture as their authority and not the magisterium of the church that our, our Lord has uh, established. Uh, and they won't follow the tradition of the church as well. Uh, so they'll just have simply that scriptural authority only, which is uh, which is lacking in itself, without an interpreter. That's an authentic interpreter. So and then governance, um, we have you have to be under someone. Christ established Peter as the head of the church, as the authentic head of the church, and and so there's an apostolic authority from Saint Peter down today through Saint, uh, not Saint, Pope Francis, have a continual line uh, of apostolic authority. So anyway, what we do is pray for, uh, pray that all will be fully united to the one mystical body of Christ, wherever people are, whatever, uh, wherever they're at, that they grow in love of our Lord, knowledge of our Lord, and they submit to uh, Christ true church, right, uh, in every way. And we need to do that too. We need to be united in Christ. So, yeah, that's that. Um, coming to St. Peter's, how many years has it been now? Four? Three? Yeah. Four? Five? I think it's been like four or five. Right. Last and count. What are some notable moments? <laughs> there are quite a few notable moments. So... I'd say the first one that comes to mind was the first Life of Palooza that I went to. Life of Palooza, right in yeah. in, in uh, Lawton. In Lawton, yeah, that's, it was excellent. Was that the year it rained? Yes, any chance? that was the year it rained. Yeah, it rained so heavy. <laughs> that was. I remember everyone uh, with makeshift slip and slides, and then they would do like wrestling fights in the mud. And I remember that was pretty cool. Of course, I was very small, so I did not partake in the wrestling right. because it was like Jack Beck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have been pummeled. A lot of, yeah. So all these guys standing around in a circle and then in this puddle, which was like knee deep in a field where there was no, no, uh, which had no right to have that much water in it. Um, there were guys just wrestling. It was actually a lot of fun. Like, you would just people run and slide on their bellies, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then 
I wasn't there for that, but on Sunday, a number of people had their vehicles uh, stuck in the field. Um, but anyway, yeah. I think the one of the like the the water was fun, but it wasn't fun that night because all the guys' tents got soaked. Almost every guy, and I was. So me and Luke Rochelmon were mm-hmm. in Jack Anderson's tent, and I can't remember who else was in there. I think James Siebert was, someone else, and my clothes were all drenched. I had one pair of clothes. I was wearing shorts, and I had a shirt, and I had to roll the shirt halfway up because the bottom half was wet, but it was too cold to just take it off. <laughs> and I had no all my sleeping bag was drenched. Everything was drenched, so I took a little hand towel. And I would put it over me. And that was probably one of the longest nights of my life. And I just remember going like at like 2 or 3 in the morning, walking to the church there and trying to lay in a pew, which was not much warmer. So I just went back. And I don't remember. I must have fallen asleep. It was just not a good night. <laughs> right. That reminds me of when we went to the – it was April – and we went to Ann Arbor. I don't know if you were on that trip. I was not. Yeah. So we went to do uh, uh, the Crusaders for Life little uh, trip there. Um, they invited us to come and they paid for our buses to uh, so that we could do it. And then, But we stayed overnight in Lawton and it was April. And so at night it got down to be really cold. And uh, so we had all these, uh, I guess, it, was it three buses, three school buses? Uh, which were, which are terrible for long trips, because um, you can't hear yourself think, because it echoes everyone's voice echoes in there. And but anyway, it was fun nonetheless. And uh, I just remember that long night, freezing, uh, not realizing that in April in Michigan it's still pretty cold out. But anyway, so yeah, Life of Palooza. Have you? Have you? Have you been to Life of Palooza since then? I've been to a second Life of Palooza. I think it was. I want to say it was two years ago mm-hmm. and that one didn't have any rain or any, it was, that one, yeah, that one had much less rain. I don't think it rained at all, but, uh, that one, I didn't, a lot of people, I didn't, I knew them, but like, it wasn't like the group that I was like going with. And, uh, so the Mar- I remember, what was it? When we went to the Planned Parenthood, I remember there was a lot of people that were actually pretty approval that they approved of us. Mm. And I think I was counting and it was like, there were more people giving thumbs up than flipping us off. Mm -hmm. And so that was good. But I also remember some guy threw a bunch of bad stuff into the life car. Oh yeah. Right. And we got the cops called or something, something like that happened. Yeah, yeah, there was a little, uh, it was kind of a contentious moment there. I think that guy was working for Planned Parenthood in mm-hmm. Kalamazoo. Because, um, yeah, because he was going, he was walking in and out of the clinic there. So for people who don't know what Life of Palooza is, it's the end of the summer. Uh, it's a camping trip for families. And uh, it's on our property in Lawton, Michigan. And we go out there and um, just like two nights of camping. Uh, pretty easy going, but then Saturday morning we go out and we uh, we uh, do a rally in front of the Planned Parenthood, the closest Planned Parenthood there, um, and uh, they close down every year for that. So, 
if we can keep them closed down for one more day, that's, that's something, uh, something good. But just so they know that we're always there, uh, that we're not, we're not giving up on them. Um, but then we, it's also one of the great parts of Life of Palooza is the second night we have a big mass, uh, the last two times or three times, uh, it was at the altar that we have this huge outdoor altar, white marble altar under this half shelter in the corner of a field. And a lot of people attend there. And so we've had like a solemn high mass, uh, there it was, re- it was really nice because it's in nature, but at the same time, it's very, uh, it's very dignified. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful altar. And then we have fireworks and, and all those kinds of things you can do in Michigan that you can't do in Illinois. Um, and swimming in the pond and all that. Yeah, so it's a fun time. So it's basically a big family weekend of camping. So, uh, yeah, that'll be some point uh, in August uh, this year. Looking forward to that. So anyway, that was one notable thing. Another notable moment. Another notable moment was at the start of the second walking pilgrimage, we had, so we were... Where was that to? That was to the, was that the Guadalupe Shrine? Or the second one I went on. It was not the second one that was ever done. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, the, it was the one where we all brought our phones. Oh, <laughs> it was no. that one. I don't remember where that one was. Uh, that was to Our Lady of Good Help. Good Help. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at the beginning of that one. And you, and you weren't supposed to bring the phone. No, I those. was not supposed to bring my phone. <laughs> but that's what a pilgrimage is all about. It's about uh, yeah. it's about learning. It's about growing. You know, we all start somewhere and then we end somewhere else. Yeah, that we ended. We started the week with phones and we ended without. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I remember at the beginning of the trip, uh, we had bug spray, and somehow a bug spray fight got out and kids spraying each other i got it sprayed in my eyes so i had my eyes shut tight because it burnt but i was still grabbing it and trying to spray the guy who got me and then i felt someone start tugging for it and i was like who is trying to take my spray and i was like give it back (laughs) i remember like screaming and then I just heard your voice like, Nicholas, let go. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I opened my eyes and they were just like watering. I was like, oh, hi, Father. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. There's a lot of those great moments uh, along the walking pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the first one you went, uh, was that the one down uh, through – from St. Peter's to St. John Cantius. No, that was the one I opted out of for some reason. And then I heard everyone else talking about it. And I was like, oh, that sounded like fun. So I went the next year. Mm-hmm. But I was not on that one. So what was your first one was to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. And we walked up uh, from uh, on the Sparta Trail from Wanawak, Wisconsin, up to Sparta. And then on the La Crosse River Trail over to the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. What was that like? I think I that one I really enjoyed. That was the one where every like every guy walking was uh everyone was helping each other out. I remember Will Anderson was like carrying three backpacks at one point for some people and it was raining a lot during that one. Everyone was drenched. 
except for Blaze because Blaze had his waterproof boots. <laughs> but uh, everyone else, their feet were just drenched. And there was – I remember going through the big tunnels. The, oh, yeah. Those were Huge really cool. tra- train tunnels, which yeah. are like a mile long. And they're completely dark, especially – I don't know if it was with you or when we went with the girls, but it was like foggy one Wednesday morning when we were walking under there. And you walk into it, and it you, you're completely shut off from all light outside because the fog kind of – the fog cut out all the light from, from the both ends of the tunnels of this mile-long tunnel. And then you have those, like, water dripping. Yeah. That was the best water I've ever tasted. Right. Yeah. It was, like, pouring out of the rocks. And it was, like, ice cold. And, and there were bats, too. Oh, Did you see bats? I don't. I don't remember bats. I, I was so focused on the water. <laughs> I, I remember we were all just like filling our bottles up and we drinking and we were like, this is amazing. And it was too dark to see the signs that say, don't drink the water. So Oh, and they no, said, don't I'm, drink I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. No, it was, I remember that. It was great water. And then there was a guy, once we got out of the one tunnel, the three major uh, train tunnels that go through the, the mountains, the hills of Wisconsin. And we got out to the one side, and this guy had a sign for ice cream. And it oh, was like yeah. old, like, uh, kind of like was just in the middle of the woods to us anyway. Yeah, we were walking on the trail weird. like, oh, ice cream. Like you're walking all through the woods, and all of a sudden there's a sign for ice cream. And so we couldn't say no. <laughs> the guy had Bible verses on his and it signs on his house and stuff so that had to be safe right <laughs> so anyway it was good ice cream i remember we had ice cream sandwiches yeah those were good so then uh, another thing from the walking pilgrimages was the the divine mercy chaplain mm-hmm. we would do that a lot and sometimes i'll be going to bed and i still hear the chanting in my just because it got drilled into my head over those the two weeks that we were doing it excellent (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's great i my favorite part of that one or one thing that sticks in my mind is when we were all walking in step you know for for a lot of the time you know we're all spread out uh and some people are going really fast james siebert and other people are going slow, me and some other people. You know, not everyone walks at the same pace. But then, and, and so the people in the front, they get to the destination and then they have to stop uh, and wait. And so they're waiting sometimes for like half an hour or 45 minutes while everyone else catches up. And then by the time the other people stop, then they want to break. They're just ready to go. So when, for a couple miles at least, we were walking in step at, like, uh, you know, just beautiful drill, like three or four, uh, I think, I don't know, whatever we yeah, were. I think it was three. Three and rows across, and and then we were doing, you know, someone was, was shouting, left, right, left, left right, and left, then we had... Left, right, left, right, that. <laughs> yeah. And then we had people start to beatbox, and then we had people to, like, just making up all kinds of, like, songs. And it was, like, it was great because it was, like, we were all together, and we made so much progress so fast uh, while we were together. But it was kind of hard to keep everyone together for that long. But I thought that's such a great analogy for the spiritual life because 
you know, if, I mean, we, the spiritual life is done with other people, right? We each have our own battles. We each have our own individual journey to go on the spiritual life. But we need fraternity and we need community. Um, and if we are together in community, we will make good progress together. If we go out on our own, sometimes we'll be fast and and sometimes we'll just fall behind. Uh, but we uh, we make better progress as a whole if we all work together. That's my spiritual lesson for for that memory of the walking pilgrimage. And the the guys, at least my group, we still do that. Like last night, like you go off and on, we're not perfect. Uh, we've we we make our we make special chats that are meant to like help keep each other in line and like help us keep each other accountable for like rosary and stuff. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, that that just happened last night. So it, it hasn't been like a thing going on. Yeah, but no, that even if it just happened once, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's really cool. We should keep, yeah, we should keep doing that. Yeah. So usually I'll listen to music on like my way home from places. Today I didn't want to get ragged on, so I said the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you knew you knew that your friends would be would be keeping you accountable. Yeah. That's excellent. I think we really need to do that. We do that. I mean, people do that for working out. People, and we need to do that in the spiritual life, too, because we're we're all weak in different ways, and we need to we need the help. So that's cool. So have you been on two walking pilgrimages, or is it three? There's, I've been on two. Two. I went yeah. on the first two, or not the first first two. You've been on your first. Two. Yeah, my first two. <laughs> Uh, besides walking pilgrimages, life of Palooza, notable things about St. Peter's? Or... Probably just the people that I've met here, because I think, I don't know, I haven't lived a lifetime, so I don't know if they're going to be lifetime friends, but it kind of feels like it. And like I, there's always people saying, like, the friends you meet in high school aren't going to be the friends you have forever, but that I realized... I didn't go to high school, <laughs> right. so this is a different statistic. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah so I think that it's. Uh, I think that we're all going to be at least keep in touch throughout the years. I know people have to move, but I definitely feel because all my family is in Arizona. I don't mm -hmm. really have cousins here. I definitely feel like the people that I've met at St. Peter's are closer to family than the people in Arizona. Sure. <laughs> like it, sure. it just feels closer. Well, that, that was pretty cool because without St. Peter's, I don't know who I would have hung out with. I think that's that's excellent. That's really good to hear, actually. Um, and, and I see that, too, that a lot of people who were together in high school here, you know, homeschool, high school, high homeschool, um, that they still, they still do keep in touch, you know, that we build a, a community. And I hear a lot of people talking about intentional communities and and so you have families that grow up together and they stay they stay in the same area or even if they move apart there's a there's definitely a sense of um there's a commitment at the deepest level right because we share the same faith and we worship together i've noticed uh actually a lot of people have pointed out how after mass here people just hang out out front 
Like we just we don't even have an indoor place to to congregate, you know. So everyone leaves the nave, nave and they go outside. And unless it's like a r- terrible weather day, everybody they'll just talk for like hours, and then the next, or maybe you know, an hour, and then the people for the next mass have no parking spots, <laughs> <laughs> which you know is another problem too. We need more parking spaces. Um, but it's beautiful because it shows that people, there is a strong community here. And, um, yeah, I mean, of course, we're not perfect. Yeah. Um, but we're working on it. So. Yeah, and you can you can see it with, because when I, when I first came to St. Peter's, it was like, the, there were the older kids. And it was like, older Miller kids, Rose LaRoe, like them and their whole group. And I remember just like the only one I really talked to from that group was Rose. But like I was just like I thought that they were like so much older and so far away. And then I am like what their ages were when I was like when I first came here and I'm just looking at my brother and sister and all the people that they're hanging out with. I'm like, oh it's kinda cool. It's repeating itself and you can mm-hmm. tell that like a lot of them are going to be really close to like, you can already see it they're hanging out a lot mm-hmm. yeah that's that's good I, I hope that uh i hope we continue to build i look forward to uh uh youth nights and young adult nights and family nights and whatever i think after all this is over we sh- we need to have a big uh well we'll have the parish picnic Oh yeah. Um, and, but something like that, you know, where we just all get together. I think that's gonna be great. You know, some sort of victory party. <laughs> Whenever that will be, who knows? Well, thanks so much, Nick. Thanks for coming by. Thank uh, you, Volo Mountain Studios. Um, let's end with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, and is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.